Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new unsettling stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. I'm going to go all the way back with this story. It happened when I was about five and my best friend was six. I think one of the scariest elements of this story is that it took place at our elementary school, a place where all kids should feel safe. Quick school layout. The building was L-shaped. The short end of the building was not in use at the moment, and cars could stop to the right of the L which would be in full view of the schoolyard, or behind the short part of the building, which would have been mostly obscured. The road was pretty much in a square right around the school, but only in the aforementioned places would cars be able to pull over. We were at school one day, and I remember my friend doing something that made me angry. She grabbed my colorful pens without asking. Needless to say, I wanted revenge. Shortly after recess started that day, I saw my best friend walking towards the back of the short building, and I followed her, thinking that she was going to do something fun. When I rounded the corner, I saw a man in a car giving her candy through the open passenger door. Well, at least he was trying to. My childish mind thought, why doesn't that guy just step out and give her the candy? Now he's holding it just outside of her reach, and she's going to have to climb in the car to get it. His seat's going to get all messy. My friend had one knee on the car seat, reaching for the candy now. I suddenly realized that this was the perfect time for my revenge. I was going to stop her from getting that candy. So I yelled at her that she wasn't allowed to be this close to the road, knowing that we'd get in heaps of trouble if caught near the road instead of being on the playground, and that I was going to tell on her. This caused her to jolt back, and she ran away from the car back towards the school ground, taunting me with the fact that a passerby thought she was so pretty that he wanted to give her candy, but not me. Apparently a teacher saw me walk towards the road and was on her way to fetch me. So she was just around the corner from us when my friend started to tease me. The teacher heard what was said and quickly ran the last few steps towards us, frantically asking, did anyone get in the car? Did you see any classmates getting into a car? She was clearly panicked, and the car was long gone by now, having driven off when I yelled at my friend. My friend answered no, the nice man just wanted to give me some candy, and that my name said she'd tell on me, so we ran back. I really wanted that candy. Are we in trouble now? The teacher escorted us inside, had all the other teachers count heads, and luckily everyone was there. We talked to the police that were called, though neither me nor my friend knew what the matter was at this point, until her parents came to fetch her and gave her a stern talking to about accepting candy from strangers, saying things like, we've talked about this and we have plenty of candy at home. My mom was proud of me because she thought I listened to the stranger danger talks and protected my friend. I didn't take my opportunity to correct her. A few years ago, my best friend and I were talking about our old school, and this day actually came up. 
we both just realized that if I hadn't been so obsessed with those pens, or if she had asked before taking them, that she could have been kidnapped and suffered a pretty bad fate. She couldn't believe how stupid she was for thinking that a random guy would really offer candy to kids from his car, especially since her parents had warned her about strangers before. I just felt embarrassed for not recognizing the situation from the talks that my parents gave me and being so focused on getting revenge on her. It took me a while longer to fully realize just what could have happened to her. I don't know if the guy was ever arrested or did anything else, and after this incident, my school started permanently posting a teacher as a lookout near the road. As far as I know, there were no more incidents at that school, and it was never really spoken of again. The official reason for the lookout teacher was to prevent students from running out onto the road and getting hit by a car. When I drove past last year, they had put a fence all around the school. I'm guessing it's because they finally realized a fence is cheaper than paying a teacher an hour a day to just stand around. To the guy who probably wanted to try to kidnap my best friend in broad daylight, I can only hope that you never got your hands on any other child trying to use those same tactics. This happened to me about 20 years ago. I was only nine at the time, but my parents have told me their side of the story on a bunch of different occasions, and that's helped me connect the dots. My parents are both biologists. They met at work, and from there, it's history. The place where they worked at the time was a government building dedicated to biology research, used in government projects turned towards the public. Meaning, they were the ones studying the environment and making environmental protection laws around their studies. This being a massive, old government building, it always had a security guard present, both day and night. During the day, these security guards would mostly just stay at reception to greet people, but at night, they would go do their rounds and make sure there were no intruders on the premises because of all the science equipment and computers kept in the building. One of these guards is my let's not meet guy. Initially, he seemed like the nicest person. He was really nice to me, and frankly, all the memories I have from him before this were really pleasant. He would greet me and talk to me in the nicest way every time my parents brought me to work. He would make me paper planes, which he was surprisingly good at, and throw them around with me, and he would stay with me at reception on the days my parents had to work into the evening. Obviously, for me, that would get really boring really, really fast, so he'd keep me company and do his best to entertain me. Mostly, we would talk, play with the paper planes, and watch TV. It all seemed nice enough. Nice enough for my parents to trust him with me, which was probably their biggest mistake. One night, my parents had to work even later than usual. I think it was around 10 p.m., and they were still at it. So this guy, who was on the night shift, decided to take me around the building with him to do his rounds. We began on the top floor, checking all the rooms and the exterior part of the roof. Every room was so dark that I'd always stay a little bit behind and wait for him to turn on the lights. Then we stepped down to the second floor, where my parents' office and labs were. We checked the opposite side of the building, 
going into labs with massive extractors, microscopes, and every kind of science equipment that you might think of. We walked down the stairs to the first floor, where most of the administration rooms were. I still remember seeing some maps on the walls and embalmed fish everywhere, serving as decorations. First floor was all clear, so it was time to check the two basement levels. I thought it would have made sense to check the labs on the right side first, as the left side had a flight of stairs at the end leading up to where my parents were. But for some reason, he decided that we'd go check that side first. We checked all the labs, but I noticed that his pace was accelerating, and he was even starting to look and sound happier, excited even. Once again, we checked all of the labs, all the corners, from one end to the other, turning the lights on ahead of us and turning them off behind us when we left. When we got to the last area, he turned all the lights on and we went inside. There were three separate offices on each side of the lab, and on the first one, he hurried towards the printer, opened it up, took out two pieces of paper, and made two quick paper planes. But if I recall correctly, that's when everything changed. He picked up one of the planes, went outside of the office, and threw it towards the end of the room. Then he told me the one he just threw was mine, and that we could go throw them around in there. I ran to the other side of the room to pick up my plane, excited to play with it, when suddenly, the lights went off. When I turned around to check what was happening, I saw him exiting out of the lab door, turning the lights off and locking the door behind him. I ran to the door, punched it and kicked it while screaming for him to open, panic taking over me because of just how scared I was of being in the dark at that time. Through the glass on the door, I could see him scurrying away in the corridors, turning the lights off as he went, disappearing after turning a corner. I'm pretty sure that everything I felt and every shadow and creepy monster I saw in there while waiting was part of my imagination because of how scared I was. I balled up against a corner and could see shadows moving around me in the dark. All I could do was cry, lost without knowing what was happening and why that guard was doing what he was doing. My parents finished work eventually, and when they did, they packed up their things and made their way to the lobby to pick me up and head home. When they got there, the security guard was at reception, but I was nowhere to be found. They panicked, of course, must have shouted a hundred different cuss words at the guy, and I'm not sure how my dad didn't murder him right then and there. But when they first asked the guy where the hell I was and what he had done with me, he simply said that he had gone to do the rounds with me, and I must have gotten lost somewhere. This is a building that would take about an hour and a half to check from top to bottom, even if you're rushing. So the must have gotten lost somewhere isn't exactly helpful. My parents looked for hours before they found me. It was only when I saw a far off light at the end of the corridors leading to the lab that I was in that I got the courage to stand up, rush towards the door, and begin punching it as hard as I could. They finally found me there, and made the guard unlock the door to get me out. I don't really remember sleeping that night, and if I did, it must have been out of exhaustion. 
but I know I made my mom stay in the bedroom with me the entire night. Of course, my parents made a complaint against the guard, and when they did, the guy started being investigated. He was quickly fired and arrested, although very little of that had to do with me. He didn't get fired for locking me away where he probably hoped that no one would find me, but he was fired because he had been partnered up with other criminals to steal computers and equipment from the building. Selling the computers, along with the information held on the hard drives for profit. By then, he had stolen a lot of old computers without anyone realizing, and who knows what his plans were for me that evening. I'm not convinced that locking a crying child in the middle of the darkness, hidden away in some room, is exactly the most normal behavior, if you're not trying to conceal them, and then come get them later when everyone has left perhaps as an effort to sell them off as part of your product. Luckily, he never had the chance to do that. I also really hope that he never got to do that with any other kid. This story picks up around 2008. I'm a guy and was 23 at the time that this all began. I remember it being the weekend and an old high school friend had reconnected with me online, so we decided to go grab a beer at a bar in his hometown, which happened to be the same town that I went to college in. It was my turn to get the round, so I went up to the bar of this dim, dirty dive bar and asked for a bucket of beers. As I was waiting for my beers, a girl approached me. Let's call her Jane. Hey, do you remember me? She was acting flirtatious out the gate. I really didn't know or couldn't remember meeting her, so I said something like, I'm sorry, I talked to a lot of people at my job. Can you refresh my memory? She stated that she took a class with me and worked with me on a group project, although I still had no idea who she was, but she knew my name and the class that we had supposedly taken together. I wasn't really interested in talking to her, so I politely said, Well, it was nice seeing you again and went back to my friend at the table. I ended up leaving about an hour later to head home. I remember that I took a shower and was getting ready to go to bed. I checked my phone before climbing into my sheets to see that an unknown number had called me two times, plus texted, and left me a voicemail during the time that I was in the shower. The text was from Jane, saying that it was great seeing me, and that I looked cute, or something along those lines. Once again, very flirtatious. I again wasn't going to lead a girl on, so I responded politely, saying that it was cool seeing her as well. I was a little weirded out though, because I didn't give her my phone number at the bar. I wrote this off, thinking that maybe she had it on an old list if she were in my class. When I woke up, I had over 10 texts sent to me, inviting me over to hook up. It was point blank, literally just telling me to come over. I laughed it off at first and was kind of flattered, but my thought was, man, she must have drank a lot that night. I didn't respond as I felt it would have been awkward. Then the real sh** begins. I worked in an office where I could not have my cell phone out, and it's a very professional environment. On my break one afternoon, I powered my phone on to see 19 missed calls, 25 texts, and approximately 10 voicemails. I freaked out as I thought that there was an emergency 
but everything on the phone was from Jane. These messages went from hellos to sexual advances, to anger, questioning why I'm not answering, to sobbing and sorries, to threats of unaliving herself if I don't respond. I was beyond freaked out, but I texted anyway to see if she was okay or if she truly needed help. She responded to me as if it was the greatest day of her life hearing from me. I then let her know that I felt her messages were inappropriate and that I didn't want to give her any feelings that I wanted to date her. I was young and wanted to experience dating, but not with her. From the beginning, this just seemed so odd to me. She began to go through cycles of anger, seduction, sadness, happiness, the whole gamut. I began getting 40 plus calls and messages a day. I decided that it would be best to just stop responding at this point. This went on for over a week, day and night calls and messages. Then one message caught my eye. She happened to mention where I worked. I never told her this. I began to get paranoid when leaving work, thinking that she was following me. I'd drive around for a while before heading home from work regularly, just to test out if anybody was following me through the streets. I remember sending her one last message stating that if she contacted me again, I would call the police. At the time, I would have had to pay a fee to my cell phone provider to have a number blocked from contacting me. I wasn't doing as well financially then as I am now, so I resisted that move. But after sending the message threatening to call the authorities if I heard anything more from her, I never did hear anything more from her. But those days and weeks after this interaction absolutely stuck with me. The fear of being followed home, or having her catch me when I was out, all gave me chills. There were a few times that I had that someone's watching me feeling when I was at the bar or gym. And one time I think I saw her standing outside of my office building, but now, given the time that has passed, I don't know if that was just my worry-fueled imagination, or what. I still don't remember her from that class we took together, don't know how she knew all she did about me, don't know if she was ever really a threat to me, or even to herself. But I know that even after all this time has passed, it's probably still not enough for me to ever want to meet her again. Jane, for all intents and purposes, I hope that you're well, and hope that you stay far away from me. <laughs>